following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 846 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, the getting better, Jesse Dollimore, joined by the eh, not quite as much getting better, Brittany Page. I feel absolutely terrible. Uh, hopefully, I don't sound terrible. It doesn't. I don't sound different right now, right? I don't know. I sound been, the same? I live with you, so... Okay. It's like when people say, oh, is Sweepy getting big? I'm like, I don't know. She seems like the same size to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm drowning in my own sludge right now, and I can't sleep. I think I have a sinus infection. So far, I'm, I've been testing negative for COVID, but the past few days have just been an absolute blur of periodic napping and trying to clear my yeah, head yeah. and being tormented by the sludge in my head. Well, hence why we were gone last week. It was, I mean, I was gone for most of the week, even on YouTube, just mm-hmm. because it was uh, untenable. Yeah. We're feeling, I'm feeling quite a bit better. And you're, you're here. <laughs> I mean, you planned the show. Yeah. I, but you're I, out, you're here out of duty and, uh, and dedication. Yeah, I'm fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the Super Bowl happened yesterday. Very exciting stuff for those of you who care about the Super Bowl. I'm kind of a downer when it comes to football. I'm I'm more team. Let's talk about the permanent brain damage being inflicted on everyone and the abuses that are that are happening in, in football. And no one wants to hear about that. They want to have their Super Bowl party. <laughs> What well, can't you do both? I mean, sure. I guess if you're still celebrating and giving them ratings, you're giving them incentive to continue to scramble people's brains. Mm, interesting. Yes. I mean, I guess. Yeah. So you don't care about the Super Bowl? That was a pregnant pause. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The last few years, COVID kind of threw everything sports-related, fan-wise, for me, out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, I traditionally have been a big college football guy and, um, I I don't know, abbreviated seasons and then canceled seasons and then they're back on, but it's only a few games. So I, I kind of found it hard to, to get, once I got out of the, the swing of it, it's kind of like taking a pause on social media. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, is this? wasn't really that great. Then you realize you don't actually need it. Yeah. That maybe it wasn't serving a significant purpose in your life. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking such a moral high ground stand about, you know, CTE as you are. Is it a moral high ground stand? No, I'm just making, I'm making hilarious, very funny jokes that everyone, I'm sure, is stopping their cars to avoid wrecking right now. It's probably just living in reality is what I like to call it. Yeah. 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 So So we watched the the game was on but mainly for the commercials cuz I was making dinner for a large period of time during the game. Yeah, also the halftime show, which was yeah. you know, it's always a highlight. Halftime show. Well, not always, is it, but you know. Is it? Something to look forward to. The abuse is temporarily Rihanna, stopped. Rihanna really did seem like a low energy jab last night. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, she's pregnant, so maybe that's why. Yeah, um, we are starting to get feedback on the end of year gift for Patreon supporters. We love seeing the messages come in. Some people are saying, "I got it," but I don't want to post it because I don't want to spoil it for other people. And some people just went right for it and posted the picture of it. So, however, I'm you, glad they did. Yeah, I, I think I said we want to see him as soon as you get him. Yes, and some people, well, you spoiled this for me. Well, you know. Well, I mean, you're still going to have the surprise of getting it, you know, <laughs> which is exciting. So thank you to those of you who have posted pictures of it and that have thanked us. Really, we're getting the response that we wanted, which is people saying this is hilarious. This perfectly illustrates the last year. I laughed so much. I smiled so much when I saw it. And that's really what we want. We we want to show 
gratitude for those of you who help us do what we do on the show, who listen to every episode, who participate in the community that we have built around the show. And we just, you know, it's a little, little moment of gratitude. So we're glad that you're enjoying it. We have received messages that some people haven't received theirs. And I would say, give it until the end of the month. And if you haven't received yours, reach out to us and I'll see what happened. I still have the list of people that I sent it to so I can check to see if it went to the wrong address or what happened. But, you know, I'm a little suspicious of whether or not this mail is actually being picked up at these mailboxes around D.C. <laughs> well, we know some of it is. <laughs> no, I know some of it is. But I'm, sometimes people are messaging me like, hey, I haven't gotten it. And I'm like, okay, well, I sent that over a week ago. You know, where is it? Well, there's a when you when you sub, do you subscribe to certain sub when you become a member or whatever to certain subreddits? I'm a member of the Washington, D.C. one. And one of the very common things in that subreddit is the mail fucking sucks here. Mm. Like, oh, I mailed something to myself or somebody else within the city, and it got there like a month and a half later. So, do let's give it till the end of the month, and then we'll get another one out to you. It's not like we're dealing with only a few here. We've... We've got a giant box of these things, so. Yeah, and we're also, see, we're still waiting to talk about what it is because. Yeah, we want most everybody to get them. Yeah, we don't want to, quote unquote, ruin the surprise for people that want to be surprised. So well, also, listen, we do want to ruin it. If you get it, I want to see a picture of it. <laughs> it's just No one, I think, has tweeted a picture. Tweet a picture, tag me and Brittany and the podcast mm-hmm. on, on, on Twitter, and we want to see it. Yes, so. Check your mail. This isn't like the magnet last year, by the way, where it got sent in kind of this nondescript envelope that was easy to throw away. You remember that happened? This is very clearly an item that's coming from the show. It has our return address logo on on the thing. Yeah, you're not going to miss it. It's a black bubble envelope, and it has I Doubt It logo right on it. So you're not going to miss it. It's pretty apparent what it is. So thank you for your support. And we want to get to some listener communication right now. So we have an email from Christian in Denmark. And Christian writes... Hi, guys. I just want to say thank you for being willing to call out negative behavior from other leftists on the most recent podcast episode. Title begins with justice for Tyree Nichols, etc. I am a disabled man, and I have until recently been a daily listener to the Young Turks main show with Anna and Jank. But I have sadly, within the last year or so, begun to experience a shitload of blatant ableism, especially from Anna Kasparian, and it really hurts. Jank is not far behind on affirming her sentiments either. This has gotten so bad that after multiple attempts at contacting them about the issue, I have been forced to discontinue my viewership of their show and only view the subchannels on their network that they so far have not censored for having different opinions to their own. They are obviously both progressive legends, and this is not an email with the sole point of trashing Jank and Anna, but rather... The fact that you are aware of the things happening in the leftist media scene and that you are not afraid to talk about it. I really, really appreciate that. This is probably not an email fit for publicly showing as it may seem hostile toward other creators, but I just want you to know that I and many other appreciate the personal progress you guys are making on a lot of subjects and the recognition you are giving to a lot of us marginalized groups. So thank you, Jesse and Brittany. Kind regards. Christian from Denmark. So I, I don't look at the the criticism that I specifically leveled against Jenk uh, for voting for Caruso for mayor in L.A. as like a call out or something. I mean, if listen, if I have a shitty take, <laughs> which happens, uh, I get called out for it, and I'm okay with that. Like you know, if Jenk thinks he's above, I don't believe he is. But if Jenk thinks he's above uh, correction or critique or criticism. Well, then he is a little too big for his britches. I don't think that's the case. So I don't think it was some brave, bold move on my part. I hesitate to say our part because I was the one really being a loudmouth about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was some altruistic th- or some some measure that needs um, praise. Mm. But thank you. I mean, I will take all the praise I can get. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and I, I think there is this idea that we should fear criticizing those within the same party. You, you kind of get this sense when Democrats try to hold other Democrats accountable. People will say, oh, the Democrats always eating their own. They right. can't be like Republicans and just sell out and allow anything right. in their party. <laughs> right. Well, that's what they want us to do. Yeah, I mean, that's not what they say, but that's I'm paraphrasing. And I, I don't think that that's productive. I don't think that we want that. I think that those of us on the left want to be different and want to hold each other accountable and improve and and try to ensure that our views are representative of the ideals that we want to see. Yeah, we want to be, listen, to be progressive is to progress. And if you can't even progress within your own belief system, then how are you going to create progress from in a political sense? I mean, I... It is something I take pride in. I think it's something that we try to embody on the show that it's okay to change your mind. In fact, it's expected. To, it's it's not like a, it shouldn't be this wonderful, oh my God, he changed his mind. He used to be a Republican. He used to be this. He used to think this. And now he's, he's right-minded about things. That should be a, yeah, he saw the error of his ways and thinking, whether it be he was presented with new information or information that was new to him, that should be, the expectation. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Th- thank you very much. I, I appreciate the, the, the kind words, but nah, kind of unnecessary. <laughs> well, thank you, Christian in Denmark, and very nice to hear from an international listener and supporter. I feel like my voice is getting worse as we progress on. <laughs> but if, if I have to continue to edit out your sneezes... <laughs> Uh, I'm, it's going to be misery for me. I'm just looking forward to the job of editing that that is coming. Yeah. So now sometimes listeners are not happy with us. What? This is a fair and balanced show. So we have to inject some fair, fairness and balance, balance. Get ready for your fairness injection. Yeah. So... We got a Patreon message from someone who deleted their pledge after the last episode. And I won't give their full name, but their name is Chris. So Chris got upset and deleted their pledge on Patreon. And this is the message that they sent us, letting us know why they deleted their pledge. Chris writes, have to cancel my my support since you told me to fuck right off. And so we got this message and we're like, huh, wait, what happened? Fuck <laughs> I, do I say fuck right off? Or usually I say to fuck straight off. Oh, now you're taking issue with the... Yeah, I mean, get it right. Listen, okay. if you're going to cancel your support <laughs> of the show because of something I said, have it be the correct thing that I said. So we started talking about this. We're like, wait, what exactly did you say on the last episode? And so you went back to find it. And we're just going to refresh everyone's memory about what we were talking about in the clip on the last show. And to give some context here before we play this clip, it was regarding a discussion specifically about trans rights. This is real. This is real. And it's time. We have time to hopefully intervene, hopefully gain the attention of people that are in our lives. Listen, there's some people that you're not going to be able to sway. Absolutely. But, But we have time to try to talk to people that we know are going to be voting for people that are going to hurt marginalized communities, families like Chelsea's family. And we we are going to try to do something about that. I mean, we have time leading up to yeah. this election. I know we're going to be having these conversations on this show. We're going to be trying to do that with our YouTube channel. We're going to be trying to do that in our personal lives. And I would encourage the listeners to do the same. L- let me also say this, because the anti-trans bigotry the thread that runs obviously through your Matt Walsh style, Ben Shapiro style conservatives also runs through Democrats. It also runs through quote unquote liberals. I get a lot of comments on YouTube. Quit talking about trans issues. That's not actual human rights. They're weird. They're whatever. They're the Bill Maher style of liberal. Mm. Remember when Bill Maher had Milo Yiannopoulos on his show and said, I don't fucking care where weirdos want to pee. Mm-hmm. It's, it's vile bigotry. And if you're one of those liberals who thinks trans rights aren't human rights, you need to get your shit straight 
or fuck straight off. I mean, it's really two. You got two choices. You're certainly not going to be welcome um, on this show. I mean, (laughs) that's a real threat. Uh But I mean, listen, there are, if you are, if, if you are, if you are black, if you are brown, if you are uh, gay, and you've, you've had generations, if not hundreds of years of people before you to provide you to that fought hard fought for the rights you now enjoy. And you're not going to take up for the next group of people who are fighting for that same freedom, for that same liberty. You're fucking doing it wrong. And you're dishonoring the fight that came before you. So we'll end it there. Before the... Yeah, and let me... Before the fuck straight off? Yeah. Well, no, that's not before. That was... It was in there. It was? Yeah. So let me... Let me dial it back. Maybe I was wrong. Nah, I'm just fucking kidding. I can't think of a way to, to make a joke out of it. Fuck you, Chris. If you are now considering yourself someone... Who, as I wrote it down, who thinks trans rights aren't human rights? Fuck straight off, Chris. You're a fucking bigot, Chris. If you're willing to, to, I guess I have to cancel my Patreon support because I'm a bigot. Well, then fucking good riddance. And I hope you delete this podcast from your podcatcher. I hope you unsubscribe from my YouTube channel if you were uh, subscribed before. Fuck off. I don't cater to bigots. I don't fucking care about your dollar or two or 20 or 100. Fuck off. So. So I guess I didn't dial it back. I. Okay. So I think it's funny that you played me first before you started talking on the flashback there because everything I was saying is like at odds with what has just transpired, right? Because I was like, we still have time to talk to people and try to convince them and bring them into the right side. And I'm... Some people, okay, so not Chris. Let me just back up. Obviously, I don't care that Chris deleted the pledge. That's fine. I, I really don't care. This is This is what comes with having standards and morals. Like, we could be... The person that we're going to talk about in the asshole of today, which you already see in the description, is like one of these new prophets that has popped up who just is a complete sellout and lying and grifting and taking people's money. I mean, we could go where the money is. (laughs) Right. And we don't because we have morals. And so part of that comes with losing patrons who get upset when you are saying unpopular things. And that's that's okay. It comes with the territory. I feel good about what we stand for and what we advocate for on this show and who we take up for on this show. I feel good about that. So if Chris is upset about that, you know, no hard feelings. I hope, though, I do hope, and this is where you and I differ, that Chris does keep the podcast in his, in his podcatcher. I hope he does keep your YouTube channel in his YouTube feed. One, because we need money from the views, but two, (laughs) a hate view is still a view. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But no, I'm kidding. Number, number two, which is really number one is that the hope is always there that people will come around and hear enough stories and hear the information that they need to hear to come around. Now is the track record very good with that happening? No. Yeah, well, also maybe a little shame will go a long way in some of these cases. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to work, right? You do what you need to do. I'm not going to gonna do. sit around kissing Chris's Al. Sorry that you d- disagree that trans rights are fucking human rights. Is not that saying what you perceive I'm, me? No, I'm not saying you're saying that. But I'm saying I'm not going to c- coddle and scrape and bow when people are being oppressed to the point of fucking killing themselves. It just, I'm tired of liberals. Maybe I'm sound extra aggressive toward you because I deal with this on YouTube all the, every time I talk about trans rights. It's just enough, fucking enough. Either you you are a pro-human rights or you're not. And if you're not, fuck off. I know, it's aggressive. So again, I, un- I understand... That's how you feel about 
people who are not me, apparently. Um, <laughs> it's, but, not, it's not geared toward you. Right. I'm not taking up for Chris. Yeah, I, I know that. But, but I don't see a way out. I, I don't see how we improve, improve this situation. I don't see how we bring people in if we're going to say that's your position right now, then fuck off. Because listen, where were you? Yeah, that's Where true. were you when we started this show? Well, I certainly was pro-human rights. On certain issues, though, you were not where you are now. Yeah, and, that and is you've, for sure. you've been pulled that direction by people calling in, by listening to people's stories, by being influenced by other people. And so it can, it can happen. There Listen, is value. There is value to that for sure. It's rare. It doesn't happen nearly enough. Jesus Christ, it doesn't happen enough, but it does happen. And so for Chris's sake, I, you know, whatever. All right. How about this then? How about this? Uh, let me dial it back. Chris. <laughs> I'm so scared. I want you to fuck straight off, but I don't want you to hurt yourself while you do it. Don't trip over anything. I don't want you to harm yourself, but you definitely need to fuck straight off. And listen, this is also kind of the dynamic that comes out of of my therapy background. I have to believe in the power of, of change. Of course. I have to believe that people can change because, well, I've seen it in my work. What would I be doing if, yeah. you know? Um but I, I, for Chris, I don't care that he deleted. That's fine. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't need. We don't need your bigot money. Yeah. And so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue and, to dig and, the hole. And so we don't need it and we don't want it. And that's fine. So, so go your own way. But I do Listen, hope. I'm sure Ben Shapiro has a fucking Patreon somewhere. I and do. he would <laughs> gladly take your money. Yeah, he has, he has more than a Patreon. <laughs> we, we know what Ben Shapiro has. So. But I hope that he does still listen and that he does still watch your videos and that there is hope there yet for Chris to go another way and not, and not get so upset at the suggestion that people deserve equal treatment yeah. and, and to not be harmed and to not be mocked and to not be oppressed. That simple words saying that people deserve equal treatment don't drive him to the point where he feels like he needs to send us a message letting us know that he disapproves of that. Because the thing I said was, if you don't believe, if you don't think trans rights are human rights, do X, Y, and Z. So he clearly does not believe trans rights are human rights. And I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done. Well, and I, I also think it's important to, like we were saying, we sometimes get these messages. You said this, I'm deleting my pledge. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to get mad every time that happens, whatever. It comes. What happens a lot. It comes with the nature of what we do here. We talk about controversial things. But what I would challenge the audience to think about is you know us. You know our hearts. You have been on a journey with us. 850 fucking episodes. If we're saying something that you feel like is wrong, email us. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say the first step is, you know, fuck these people. I would be curious if someone that I have been listening to for a long time says something that is shitty. I would be interested in why that's happening. Yeah, but is it shitty because it in, in, uh, in uh, it it has something to do with him? It impacts him, or is it shitty because I'm standing up for a marginalized group? Well, no, I'm talking about other people. I, I realize that, but I'm what's in his mind? He's mad that I said to fuck straight up because he doesn't think trans rights are human rights, rather than double like thinking oh shit why am i not advocating for this group that has off the fucking charts rates of suicide mm-hmm. I, I just i'm never gonna punch down and in this case siding with chris would be punching down yeah so thank you to chris i guess for your past support of the show and <laughs> I my my wish for you is that you you see that trans rights are human rights and that it is important to be on the side of ensuring that there are equal protections for everyone in this country and that oppression is is not good. That would be my hope for you, Chris. We'd love to hear from you about this specifically or anything else that's on your mind. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. (laughs) 
Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So President Biden gave his State of the Union address uh, last week. We watched it sick. We... Were we sick at that time? I don't remember. So everything's been a It was starting. So Joe Biden received positive reviews for his State of the Union address. He did He did very well. I was thrilled with his, his performance. Much better than expected. And we're not going to cover the State of the Union because, well, it was a week ago, and you guys have already consumed the political content on the State of the Union, I'm assuming, because our listeners are informed people who care about the issues. So I'm sure you've heard it all related to the State of the Union. But one thing we're going to focus on, because it's becoming a a a flashpoint in the upcoming presidential election is social security. And this was one of the points of the state of the union address that people really honed in on as a strong moment for president Biden, because he ad libbed a bit and went toe to toe with the Republicans who were booing him and calling calling him him out, calling him a liar, like Marjorie Taylor green. And it was particularly on this issue of Republicans going after social security. So we're going to play the moment for you and then talk a little bit about Republicans who reacted in the moment as though Joe Biden's a liar when their track record shows Joe Biden is not a liar. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. The idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks. So folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the, off the books now. Right? <laughs> not strong. strong line. All right. We got unanimity. <laughs> so what I love about this, and you can't obviously see it because this is a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a moment at the end there where Mike Lee, the senator for Utah, was looking around like befuddled, confused, exacerbated by this by this line that certain individual rep- Republicans absolutely have advocated for sunsetting Social Security. He was like, "What? Like he, I mean, Us? It, whoever was Me? operating the camera, they must have known like who to focus <laughs> in on because it's not just coincidence he gets on national TV looking around like, "Huh? Whatever could he mean?" <laughs> Because Mike Lee is on the record at a campaign event several years ago talking about pulling Social Security up by the roots and destroying it. That's what entitlement programs are. They are wealth redistribution. For generations now, we've had generations that have been born, lived their entire lives, and died under this sort of cradle-to-grave nanny state that we've created in which it has been utterly taboo to even mention the term social security in the same sentence with reform, reduction, phase-out, elimination, privatization. It's been taboo. People won't do it. I'm here right now to tell you one thing that you probably haven't ever heard from a politician. It will be my objective to phase out social security, to pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. Um, 
people who advise me politically always tell me that's dangerous, and I tell them, in that case, it's not worth my running. Mm. That's why I'm doing this, to get rid of that. Medicare and Medicaid are of the same sort and need to be pulled up. Now, I'm here right now to tell you that it is my objective to phase out Social Security, to pull it up by the roots. And then he's, what? Whoever could he mean? (laughs) It's just so disingenuous, so hypocritical. They're just fucking liars. Well, and he's not the only one. A representative, Matt Gates, said something similar recently, actually, on a podcast episode with Steve Bannon. It's a trillion dollars in savings during the 10-year budget window. This is in Medicaid and other... This is in Medicaid, in, in Medicaid. And, in, and in food stamps. In food stamps, sure. It's uh, discretionary spending. Yeah, You're those saying, are the yes. biggest... The biggest chunks are from the Obamacare Medicaid expansion to able-bodied adults yes, I keep and, and to... So Social Security, uh, and, Social Security and, 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 over and, Social Security and Medicare are off the table, but you're saying you're taking Medicaid and other aspects of discretionary oh, look, spending. If it was if it was Mac Aids, I, I think that we do need reforms to Social Security and Medicare... I understand politically enough people. But that can come later. That, 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 get that's the not going to happen now. Right. Medicaid. And you don't need to have. By the way, Medicaid right. should not be a sacred cow. Big time. And so, and by, it hasn't that. been. You notice right. people don't talk about Medicaid. No, it's always, it's it's always Medicare, Social Security. Social Security, right? Right. So, so with Medicaid, I think there's a lot of meat on the bone for savings. In SNAP, uh, you can get over 400 billion in savings. So he's talking about reforms to Social Security and Medicare. So in, unless you're a rube who believes reforms mean making it bigger, making it more stable. You know what he means. He's talking about cutting Medicare and Social Security. Right. And he's not alone. I mean, there's several Republicans who have made similar comments, but also Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has made comments. This was uncovered by Andrew Kaczynski over at CNN. This was apparently when he was running for Congress in 2012. He expressed support for privatizing uh, Social Security and talked about how it's unsustainable to allow seniors to retire in their late 60s. So the reason that this is an important issue to focus on is because Joe Biden is making it an important issue to distinguish himself from the Republicans. And Donald Trump actually is also using this to distinguish himself from Ron DeSantis. So (laughs) Donald Trump going after Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, of course, has not yet thrown his hat in the ring for the presidential election. Donald Trump is still flying solo in that regard, although... Nikki Haley is supposed to be throwing her hat in the ring this week, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. And we, I'm sure, are going to expect an announcement from Ron DeSantis eventually. But Donald Trump is already going after Ron DeSantis. Recently brought up these rumors that when Ron DeSantis was a teacher, he was like hanging out with his students, like a high school teacher, I think he was. I don't know if it's just rumors. I think it may, I don't know, but I think it may have been reported that while a teacher, a high school teacher, like when he was in his 20s, he was going to drinking parties with his students who were underage students. And there's there's pictures of him with young girls with like beers and shit. Mm-hmm. So now Trump is going after him, talking about how he's a, a pedophile. And Ron DeSantis was asked about this at a recent event. I spend my time delivering results for the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. That's how I spend my time. I don't spend my time trying to smear other Republicans. He's not ready for prime time, man. Well, this this actually, I think, gives you an opportunity to talk about your philosophy on who is ready to take on Donald Trump, because you've long been saying that people who are not ready to basically get down in the dirt with him are not going to do well against him. Well, just it it harkens back to 2016 when Marco Rubio was like the first person to actually come out and go try to go toe to toe with Donald Trump, because you can't fight Donald Trump being I'm not going to debase myself. that's not going to work with the Republican base. You're going to have to meet Donald Trump on Donald Trump's terms or the base is going to have zero respect for you. So him, this is not going to work. He may think this is going to work and it might work in the short term, but long term, this is not going to pay off for Ron DeSantis. Well, I mean, when you are being called a pedophile, you know, and I mean, Donald Trump re- 
truthed. Is that what you say? A retruth. You, yeah. you retruth on, on truth. Repost. How about that? Sure. Uh, this <laughs> meme that's a picture of Ron DeSantis allegedly hanging out with these these high school girls that he would teach, I guess. And it says, here is Ron desanctimonious grooming high school girls with alcohol as a teacher, vomiting emoji. And Donald Trump retruthed it and said, that's not Ron, is it? He would never do such a thing. Right. <laughs> and, and Ron comes back with the Ron, and DeSantis comes back with the the classic. I'm not going to attack the Republicans. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see how well that works out, brother. So, speaking of um, the charge of, of of pedophilia and grooming, Republicans have, have for at least the last year or so been using groomers related to the gay and trans and drag queen story hour community. And it's interesting that this party of hypocrites will rail on social media. They'll rail on Fox News about who's a groomer and who's not. And then when the opportunity arises to sign on to a bill to create a minimum age, in this case in the state of Wyoming, for marriage... Many Republicans, including the state party, the state Republican party, is opposed to that movement. Representative Wasser. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm pleased to present House Bill 7 uh, this afternoon. This is the Underage Marriage Amendments Bill. Wyoming is uh, one of eight states left in the country that don't have a minimum age set to marry. Um, For those of you constitutional people, right? Marriage is actually a right reserved completely to the states. So each state gets to set their own marriage uh, sideboards, including the minimum age to marry. So as I said, Wyoming is one of eight states left that has no minimum age to marry. We do have some recommendations in our current statute that it be 16 um, with caveats that if a judge or a county clerk allow, um, we can marry someone under that age of 16. So what the bill does Um, It sets the absolute minimum age to be married in Wyoming at 16. It's preferred to be 18, but there are some provisions because we have some other provisions in our laws when it comes to homeless youth, when it comes to emancipation, that we do allow um, minors, in those cases, 16 and 17-year-olds, to do what we call contract, right? Uh, Be liable and, and sign documents that have the force of law. That is basically the bill, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, You can read through it that there are some provisions that if you are a 16 or 17-year-old who does want to get married, you need parental consent, uh, either written or in appearance. And if that does not happen, um, the judge in uh, that case could step in and still authorize under certain provisions. But I do think it's important that we take a strong stand um, on this. We do have a minimum age. Uh, from our uh, Office of Vital Records, we do have roughly 20 uh, minors per year in Wyoming under the age of 18 um, contract of marriage. So I do think it's important we at least have a minimum age in our statutes. Be happy to answer any questions. So this was on the floor of the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin, the Wyoming House of Representatives. And this was the author, the the the, the sponsor of the bill, the the, the the person who's putting forth this bill bill to make the 18 the minimum age, and they left carve-outs for 16 and 17-year-olds to also get married in certain instances. And then there was just this litany, this parade of dum-dums who got up to question and to come in opposition to this bill. Yeah, and I want to I talk about some numbers really quick before we move on to the next clip. The U.S. Census American Community Survey estimated that there were nearly 88,000 married teens aged 15 to 17 nationwide in 2019. Wow. So you think about... Nearly 100,000. I mean, it's significant how many child marriages are occurring in the United States still. And you would think that this would not be controversial because ultimately people want to protect children from being exploited right or groomed right yeah and so you'd think i mean this is a republican who's coming up and saying listen that we should take a strong stand here and instead of republicans joining this republican to take a strong stand they enter into a, a a debate in fact the republican that you just heard talk is going to get up again and actually explain that there's been a lot of pressure on him to really make the age 18 without exceptions 
but that he's not even asking for that, all right? He's just asking for 18 with exceptions. And, and let me first say there's several national groups who are pushing for the minimum age of marriage to be 18 um, without any exceptions whatsoever. As many of you know, Wyoming has a higher rate of teenage pregnancy than, than many other um, states. And so I do think it's important, even though I have had some pushback um, from you know, various sides that you should have no marriages at 16 or 17. I do think there are cases in Wyoming where, um, especially if a pregnancy does occur at 17 or even 16, and, and that union, um, I think it's great to be involved in a, in a contract into a marriage. I think that's the right thing to do. So even though I have had some pressure about setting that age at 18, I do think with just knowing knowing how kids are these days, um, that we have uh, that allowability and flexibility for 16 or 17-year-olds. Wow. That's I, not the argument I think he thinks it is. Yeah, because implicit in that statement is that there is a level of immaturity within the age that they're that they're talking about. Yeah, we, we need to let them marry even earlier than what I was thinking because, you know, kids are going to be kids. Children are going to be children. Right, so you're talking about kids having babies and getting married. And, you know, kids are going to kid. Yeah. No, shouldn't we be having a different conversation about, like, how maybe uh, the teenage pregnancy rate shouldn't be as high as it is and why is it so high and, and how can we prevent that from happening yeah. and not actually have the solution be, oh, well, let's just have them get married. You know, they're better off when they get married and are, are tethered to someone for life that they don't ultimately want to be tethered to for well, life. The other thing is every subsequent dum-dum who got up to ask questions of this author of the bill, nobody asked, well, what are the marital survival rates? What are the... The, the marriages that that succeed like what are the rates of those when they're married as as 15 year old mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. well this is a republican that's going to rise up and discuss their concerns specifically calling this a parental rights issue thank you mr speaker uh i come before you uh on and against this bill and uh my my reason is uh from state statute 12-2-206 states parental rights are a fundamental right to the care and custody and control of their children. This is a parental rights issue, and I think we should just follow our statute and let the parents make the decision. I mean, there's lots of different things, as mentioned before, with different groups of uh, that have different beliefs than many of us do in this this community in this state. And I think this is ultimately a parental rights issue, and I think it needs to stay at that. Thank you. Chairman Zwanser. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I mean, I appreciate parental rights as much as anyone, but I don't think parents should be allowed to marry off their kids in some cases. Yeah, I mean, let's not give that guy too much credit because he's still ultimately the one who's like, listen, I'm not radical. We're not raising it to 18 without exceptions, okay? We're right, just still right. going to have exceptions. But he's right in how he challenged this parental rights guy because I think of people like Courtney Stodden. Courtney Stodden was married off to an actor, Doug Hutchison. He played that sadistic prison guard in The Green Mile. Yeah, not far off his actual character. And he was like in his 50s, I think. And, and she was maybe 15 or yeah. 16 when her parents said that she could marry him. And she is now out of that marriage and open about the fact that that was abuse. Yeah. And she has had to reconcile the fact that her parents did that said that she could go with a 50 year old man when she was a child and she's open about her own journey on her various social media accounts so if you're interested in, in reading into that I, I would suggest that you do but there are real ramifications associated with a parent signing away a child for a marriage that's well, what it is I mean it's it's transferring custody from one party to another Although in one case, it's parental custody and then going to spousal custody. And we're not just talking, by the way, about 16 and 17-year-old people. We're not just talking about 15 and 14. The, the crux of this argument is surrounding getting pregnant and then having two parents raise a child. That's that's where this thing comes down. So if, if a, a child 
has a period at nine years old and then is biologically capable of having a child and gets pregnant. Under Wyoming law currently, the parents could transfer ownership slash custody of that nine-year-old to a full-grown man and marry that that nine-year-old off in Wyoming right now. Well, and that's the thing. These Republicans want to talk about 16, they want to focus on this age range, but when you're when you're talking about who can get pregnant, you are talking about very young people. Yeah. You're talking about people who get their periods at 12, younger than 12. So they're honing in at 16, but if if their focus is well someone who can get pregnant, well then it's it's not just 16-year-olds, my guy. Right. So I don't know that you want to focus on that. But these are also the same people who say that <laughs> someone who wants to get an abortion as a teenager is not mature enough to make that decision right. to, to make the decision to get an abortion. And that's why they shouldn't be able to get abortions. You're too immature to make the, the serious decision about whether or not you should have an abortion. Right. That was just in a case in Florida. Right. I mean, it's, it's hypocritical, but this is also dangerous for the well-being of children and it's abhorrent that so many people rose to oppose this minimum standard, this basic human decency standard for children in their state. Yeah, well, I, I want to focus on that hypocrisy when it comes to conservatives on this issue, when it comes to age of consent, because, you know, Matt Walsh, we, we brought up Matt Walsh earlier. He is someone who is leading the charge in terms of bigotry against the trans community and endangering the lives of trans Americans everywhere. And he recently appeared before the Tennessee State House Health Committee where they held a hearing on a bill to ban gender-affirming care for minors, and he gave his testimony because... He was an expert witness. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we'll get to that in a minute, but I I just, I want you to hear him, based on what we just heard about this child marriage, minors, what minors should be able to enter into, I want you to hear Matt Walsh's view on on minors making life-altering decisions. I found it, uh, thank you, Mr. Walsh. I found it interesting. One of our uh, um, people uh, testified today that they uh, had their gender affirming surgery at 16. And I know uh, you in former comments mentioned uh, this uh, on your blog. At about 16, you're an adult who's mature and can make decisions. Uh, you're that at 16. I don't care what anybody says. Even going so far as to say, you know, 16 people, uh, when you're 16, you should be married and, uh, and could be pregnant or should be pregnant. Um, so I'm curious if 16 is uh, a uh, an adult in your view uh, why does this bill have uh, the uh, minor de- defined as 18 uh, Mr. Well, that's, uh, yeah that's that's a hit piece you took from media matters uh, from something when I was a, a radio host uh, 13 14 years ago in my early 20s uh, it's also not an accurate reflection of what I actually said um, I was talking about uh, the fact that people tended to marry young historically, and that's all that that was about. Um, how does that relate to the, to this subject? Just curious, of your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults at sixteen should well, people uh, are adults is- at eighteen, uh, but actually, their your your brain is not fully developed until you're twenty five. So we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at eighteen, but certainly before eighteen. It's it's absurd. I mean, do you, do you do you think that a 16-year-old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed? Of course, you have to take his hyperbolic <laughs> language into consideration throughout the entirety of everything that we play. Every, everything's mutilation and all the insanity. Yeah, yeah, but he, I mean, he is making an argument from history, right? Yeah. Historically, people got married very young, so that's why it's fine. But when you when you talk to Matt Walsh about, well, historically people have always been trans and we're just now having more people identify openly because it's, it's more accepted now. He doesn't accept that as an explanation. Of course not. The historical explanation for that. No, but the historical explanation for child marriage, a okay. Right. He's also like, well, we should have a broader conversation about what's accepted and when the brain fully develops, but you know, 17 year old, 18 year old wants to own a, a weapon of war. No, right on. That's that's what the Constitution. Right. Every every child gunman 
should be allowed under the Constitution to own an AR-15. Get the fuck out of here. Well, and you alluded to the fact that Matt Walsh is not educated about this. He is not an expert in this area at all, except for his Google searches that yield the first bigoted article that agrees with him. And so he was asked about that. He was asked specifically, what are your qualifications for you to be here as an expert on this topic? Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chairman. can you give us a summary of your educational background or your healthcare education experience? Mr. Walsh, you recognized my experience in healthcare? Your educational background. I'm just curious. You, 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 you yeah. testified as to a lot of your own research. So I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify you to speak to that. Well, my Mr. background Walsh. that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense and I have a soul. And so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I, I did, now it's true, I didn't, I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read so I can read the data for myself, and that's exactly what I've done. Uh, Representative Clements, here I And for what purpose do you um, conduct your research and use this brain of yours? <laughs> Mr. Walsh, you're recognized. I use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated. That's one of the things I try to do. You don't use it to, thank you, Mr. Chairman. You don't use it to get clicks on your publication. Well, are you using it right now to try to get clicks with this interaction? On, no. I, 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 I really like the Mr. idea Walsh. of getting uh, of of drawing attention to the fact that this is happening to children. I know you seem to find it very amusing. I don't. Uh, Representative Clements. Well, you made a lot of misrepresentations and, and characterizations in your comments. So I think it's fair to, for me to question your background. What are the Let me finish, please. You're recognized Representative Clements. You know, if you're going to come before a committee and make mischaracterizations and misrepresentations, it's fair game for us to ask you your educational background and your foundational knowledge for making such characterizations. Well, his education and his expertise is that he's a human being with a brain and a soul. I'm a human being with a brain and common sense, and I have a soul. Yeah, who, that's a... He's really taking a page out of uh, somebody's playbook. Who is it? I have a very good brain, and I've said a lot of things. That right there tells you he's qualified because he has a human brain. Yeah. <laughs> common sense and a soul. And he can read... I love this. I mean, this comes straight out of like the COVID denier playbook too, which oh, I've done my research. Oh, you've you've gone through the copious amounts of documentation and high level academic research and you understand statistics and all of the multivariate differences and get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. You didn't go to college, which isn't a slight against uh, him on its face. It's that he thinks he has with the wherewithal and ability to sift through intensive medical research. You you have to be trained in how to interpret scientific data. Well, and at least demonstrate that you are capable of keeping your personal bias in check. Right. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, that's like baseline. And he's very clearly not interested in that because his job, ever since he was a a kid on a radio show early 20s he said yeah uh, it, before his prefrontal cortex was fully developed <laughs> he was a political commentator a radical right-wing political commentator that's what he's always been so in order to make money he needs to be as radical as he can and that's what he's going to continue to do but i appreciated their attempts to highlight the fact that he is not an expert he is not educated in this area and that he has no authority or expertise to speak on it other than his personal animus against the trans community. That's it. I'm a human being with a brain and common sense and I have a soul. So as we continue with the hypocrisy and the terror that is being inflicted on the country, we recently had a a ruling come down that relates to domestic violence gun laws. Fucking federal judge. Of course. Based on originalism. Yeah. 
A fundamental shift in the approach to domestic violence cases. After a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals rules, it's now legal for domestic abusers to own a gun. And to be clear, the court's decision only applies to Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. It does not impact the laws on the books here in California. But CBS 13's Adrian Moore is here with the fear the fallout doesn't stop with those three states. Adrian. Yeah, Stephen Marley, the overwhelming fear tonight for domestic violence survivors and the groups that help advocate for them is that this will set a precedent. They say this ruling isn't just dangerous, but a deadly combination. I am very deeply, deeply concerned about uh, a ruling like this. A real and immediate concern as domestic violence organizations like Weave come to terms with a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling allowing those with restraining orders to have a gun. There is a strong correlation between access to a firearm by those who do harm and the increased likelihood of severe injury or lethality for those who are victims of domestic violence. According to the Gifford Center for Gun Violence, domestic violence victims are five times more likely to be killed when their abuser has access to a gun. It's a stat Allison Keppard fears will now grow. At the end of the day, we will put the lives of survivors in jeopardy and we are we are guaranteeing that more people will die. The court found the federal gun control law could not stand under the Bruin test, which requires gun laws to be comparative to the regulations in place at the time of the Constitution's framing in the late 1780s. While the decision does not impact California law, which prevents those with domestic violence restraining orders from having guns and ammo, Governor Newsom is gearing up for a fight, saying in a statement, Wake up, America. This assault on our safety will only accelerate. This is serious, and it's coming to California. So this is not over yet. The DOJ plans to appeal this ruling. The department could ask the appeals court for a special procedure that allows the full court to hear the case, or they could take their fight all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. All right. Thanks, Adrian. And we want to point this out. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, remember help is available. You can call the domestic violence hotline 24-7 at 1-800-799-7233. So again, a situation where originalism is going to get everyone killed because if you have a constitution where they didn't specifically outline protections for women in domestic violence situations. Right then, sorry, the Constitution doesn't mention that, so uh, if only we could go back in time and have people care about all the things that exist today that are a problem. It's such a weird, it really is just bizarre, because if you think about when the Constitution was written and who had rights and who didn't and who was considered a full operating citizen within these borders of the country, it was white men. It wasn't, I mean, it, it is destructive to say the least that this is the way that we're going to go forward interpreting laws is based on what was taking place in like 1790. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, unless we have an amendment. <sighs> Listen, if it's that important to you, just have an amendment. If it's that important, in every five years, Congress will pass a law. It's fine, okay? Uh, anyway. It's a great we, way to run everything. We would lo- it's a fantastic way, Brittany. How dare you question the wisdom of our white, slave-owning founding fathers? Oh, how dare you? We'd love to know what you think about these and any other topics on your mind. 657-464-7609. And of course, of course, of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Prophet Charlie Shamp. Charlie Shant. A new one. He's a prophet of God. This is a new one that we haven't ever heard from. He is the president of Destiny Encounters International. Destiny's Encounters International. Just Destiny Encounters. Oh, Destiny. International, yes. But it's international. It sounds really official. It's fancy. Yeah, and so... (laughs) 
Prophet, prophet. Prophet Charlie Champ. Can I before we play this clip? I went to I went to Charlie's Charlie's Instagram. Mm. And on Charlie's Instagram, I'm I'm going to read exactly what this says. It's not using the best language, but this is what he wrote, okay? So just know this is Charlie speaking and yeah, not yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. Cripples walk by the power of Jesus Christ in Prophet Charlie Champ's meeting. Mm. He's one of these. Right. Okay. God recreates boy's nasal passage in miracle meeting with prophet Charlie Champ. Mm, Prophet. This is what he believes about him. This is what he's saying that he's right. I don't know if he believes it about himself. It's what he's purporting to be able to do. Great, great. Yeah. Great (laughs) clarification. Then the top post that he has is FYI. I will never private message you for money. This is my only Instagram account. Don't fall for scammers. <laughs> wow. oh, I don't believe that for a second. So here is Prophet Charlie Champ, who's definitely not a scammer, who definitely... By his own account, he's not a scammer, Brittany. I mean, listen, I know he's claiming that he's making the sick well with his miracles, and he's making people walk again, and he's making people see again, and he's making them breathe again. Look... Little Tommy had a cold. I prayed for him, and six weeks later, he didn't have a cold anymore. Praise the Jesus. So, Prophet Charlie Champ had a vision of of two Ronald palm trees. And I'm just going to leave it there, because that's what happens. We need to watch Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. because the Lord is going to use him in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. I had had several years ago a vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees, and I saw one of them was planted in California, the other one in Florida. And I said, Lord, who are, who, what is this, these two palm trees? He said, this palm tree from California is Ronald Reagan. This palm tree that is in Florida is Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. He said, Ron DeSantis or Ronald DeSantis Mm -hmm. is the second, has an anointing similar to Ronald Reagan. And I saw uh, Ron DeSantis as as a tree of righteousness, that palm tree. And I saw it uprooted from Florida and brought to Washington, D.C. and planted in Washington, D.C., and as the storms came, he was not moved. That's right. There's there's something about Ron DeSantis that we need to begin to pray for, we need yes. to begin to look at, because his ultimate future is to have a position in the United States as the president and be planted in Washington, D.C., and he would be like a Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I, mm, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, wow. That's that that's amazing. I have some questions and not about the minion chorus that just happened there. It is so since this prophet Charlie has a direct connection to God, they're having conversations about palm trees that are named Ronald. Yeah. Did, Palm tree Ronald. And, and apparently God's like given him a heads up for things he should pay attention to, like Ron DeSantis. He's really into Ron DeSantis. Did God say anything about the like Turkey, Syria earthquakes that were going to come up? Did, no. he, did he give Charlie a heads up on that? Unimportant that nearly now maybe over 35,000 people, human beings, creations of God have been killed. Did he give him any kind of answers on maybe how to solve the homelessness crisis? Brittany, Brittany. Listen, or child you're, poverty. You're, you're missing the point. Child hunger. God is only interested in the palm rons and the Ronald palms. The Ronald palms, <laughs> and not concerned about things that actually will enrich and 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 better the lives of His creation. Okay. Also, what about the Palm McDonald? Palm McDonald. McDonald Trump. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, what is going on? Well, his name's not Ronald. It's Donald. Oh, Palm Palm McDonald's. Palm McDonald. McDonald. Okay, I'm, yeah. Because of the Big Macs. Yeah. And also, you're not playing along with my reindeer games here at all. What's happening is I am drowning in my own sludge and have been this whole time, (laughs) and I'm fighting for my life right now, so. Fighting for your, well, you know who you need to talk to. I know, can he, do you think he can. The prophet 
Charlie Sham. Do you think he can alleviate my suffering? You know, there, there's no way this guy is that much of a prophet if his name is that close to one of the Three Stooges. I just, <laughs> there's no fucking way. Well, if you want to support this charlatan, I'm kidding. I'm not going to give you any information about him to help She's his cause. He's not a Christian! But when he says that he doesn't want your money, he does. And he Absolutely. accepts it on his website, which is a nonprofit, a tax-exempt organization. We're not going to give it here, but Chris, if you're still listening... Uh, the prophet Charlie Champ will very gladly take your money and his views probably very closely aligned to you related to uh, the anti-trans movement. All right. We're going to leave it there. Again, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We love you guys. All of you who continue to listen. <laughs> We appreciate you very much. Just slowly dwindling. If you uh, have not yet decided to join the Patreon family and you would like to, you're interested, please go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. Every little bit goes a long way towards supporting what we do here, our mission and our goals, our objectives on the show. We love you guys. We will see you next time for Brittany Page, who will probably feel better next time. I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.